Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! to another edition of the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast or watching it on the Believe Network. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to this show on YouTube. You can also follow it on Apple or Spotify podcast apps. So make sure you are doing that because we have a lot of listeners, followers, watchers, viewers, that are not subscribed, and you want to be subscribed because it doesn't cost you anything, first of all. It's free. It only helps me and you and anybody else that wants to listen to this show. So if you are watching, especially on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed. We have hundreds of viewers each week that are not subscribed to the channel and you're going to want to be subscribed especially this week because we're doing a live recap show on this very youtube channel of the purdue wisconsin game as soon as that game ends as soon as the final horn sounds we are going live on youtube youtube.com slash behind the rails and uh, I'll solicit your feedback, your questions, your comments. We'll put them up on the screen. And uh, I'll give my thoughts on them if I have an opinion or um, can answer your question. So make sure you are doing that. Uh, make sure you're tuned in Friday if you would like. Uh, you don't have to. But if you'd like to watch the show live, we might do it more if we get you know a good amount of feedback or a good chunk of you guys watching on Friday night, we may continue to do that. And if it goes swimmingly, as I think we can make it, then we might do more of them outside of just recap shows. So make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you are getting that notification bell, because if you click that notification bell, as soon as we go live, you'll get a notification and uh, you'll just be one click away from watching us live and uh, recapping Friday night's game. So, with all that out of the way now, let's uh, dive deep into this game and uh, a couple other things that we want to get to here on this edition of Behind the Rails. So, Wisconsin is a six-point favorite at Purdue. Friday night, FS1, 7 o'clock is when this game kicks off. Uh, the line, the betting line opened at negative four, minus four. And it had jumped all the way up within you know less than 24 hours to Wisconsin being favored by a touchdown. And that tells me that people think that Purdue is going to lose by you know roughly a touchdown in this game. And the betters, you know, just trying to move that line up to get people to bet the other way. And 
I can see why, because Purdue hasn't beat Wisconsin in 20 years. Last time was in 2003. Wisconsin has won 16 straight matchups. But I think this is a year outside of last year that they, you know, probably could have beat them or had one of their better chances to a more down Wisconsin team to pick up a win and end that streak. I still think this is a good year to get Wisconsin if you're going to get them and especially get them at this point of the season being your first conference game, being that Wisconsin hasn't looked all that impressive in with their new offense, their defense, uh, especially in their secondary has been a little leaky um, more than just a little in certain regards. Uh, They're similar, I think, in a lot of ways to Purdue with their defense and how their secondary has struggled mightily uh, here in these first three weeks. So I think this is a decent matchup when you are at least comparing the defenses. Both these defenses are, you know, not stout in, uh, in any one area. I think both defenses are pretty good in the the running aspect or the running defense, um, notwithstanding with Purdue's performance against Garrett Schrader last week, but they slowed down LaQuint Allen um, and they've been doing a pretty good job of slowing down running backs, um, which Wisconsin is going to try to feature a lot in this offense. So I think with this game, um, it comes down to which offense can move the ball with some consistency. Now, Wisconsin against Georgia Southern last week was given ample opportunity to go downfield and score because Wisconsin turned Georgia Southern over six times last week. Six. And I think they might have finished off one of those drives maybe once or twice. Uh, with with points on the board. So they really didn't do a whole lot with them. Um, But Georgia Southern was able to move the ball on this Wisconsin defense through for almost 400 yards and a lot of bigger pass plays. So if Purdue can finally get its offense to a place where I think it's where it wants to be, where it is, you know, throwing the ball and having those big explosive plays, this could be an opportunity for that. But I think that would only happen if we're in week seven or eight because nowhere have I seen this offense be that consistent with explosive pass plays. They've had about one to two per game that go for 20-plus yards, but I don't think we're at a point with this offense to where they're rattling off big explosive plays and moving down the field rather quickly. It's, it's taking Purdue, you know, uh, a short gain here, a short pass here, getting stuffed on third and one here, trying again on fourth and one running to the left side or in the middle of the tackles. Um, And I think this offense has shown you what it wants to be, but is not there yet. I think we're still, a few weeks away, maybe another 
couple of weeks away, maybe by the time the bye week rolls around. And after that, you know, you start to get where this offense really wants to be. And who knows? Maybe with some of the defenses that you're going to face this year, you, you never get there. And I think they have the talent to be there. I think you have a trio of receivers that are either reliable, explosive, um, or a combination of the two. And you have a good, you know, couple of tight ends. You have a good couple of running backs that you have ignored uh, quite a bit uh, in certain asset and aspects. But, and I think you have a quarterback that is capable. But I think it's coming down to the play calling, the decision making, the execution that is the biggest hindrance of this team or the turnovers as they were last week. Because like Ryan Walter said in his press conference on Monday, Purdue moved the ball. It's just when they got into Syracuse territory, they either scored or they turned it over. And most of the time on Saturday, they turned it over. Now, I think this is a team in Wisconsin's defense that you can move the ball on with their secondary. There's were a lot of wide open passes, um, a lot of green area for Georgia Southern to move the ball in. I think they almost had 400 yards of passing, but their quarterback forced some of those throws and they ended up being turnovers. Out of the five interceptions that Georgia Southern's quarterback threw, I think two of them were not fully on him, fully on him to blame because he got hit on one and another one of those was tipped. Three of them were just complete overthrows and right into a Wisconsin defensive back, including Hunter Wooler, who I think is the X factor for Wisconsin this week. Leads the team in tackles, uh, has a couple of interceptions in that Georgia Southern game. So he's going to be the one that Purdue keys on uh, a lot when they have the ball this week. Now, does Purdue try to establish more of a running game? We'll see. I haven't seen any inkling of it early on in a game that this is what we're going to try to do. Um, they might, you know, run the ball on first down on the on their very first offensive play, but that that's no sign of hey, we're going to try to establish the run here. There's been very little times where they've consistently tried to run the ball, um, and a lot of it was against uh, Virginia Tech. And that was a defense where you could run the ball on. Uh, Syracuse's defense was not. And I don't know if Wisconsin's really is either. I think their front seven is probably better than what their the back end of their defense has at the moment. Um, we'll see how this defense evolves under Luke Fickle over uh, over some over the next couple of years. They might become really good in the back end because that's what Luke Fickle has kind of had. That's what he had at Cincinnati with the guys of like Sauce Gardner, who probably one of the best defensive backs in the NFL right now. So. I think they're going to probably get there at some point. But right now, I think the strength of this Wisconsin defense is up front. Now, that doesn't mean they get after the quarterback a ton because I, don't, I didn't see them get after Georgia Southern's quarterback a lot, Cam Ward, um, Washington State's quarterback a couple weeks ago a lot. So 
And I think with this Purdue offensive line, they've held up fine in pass protection. Um, I think Hudson Card's only been sacked four times so far this year. And credit to him, he's been able to move out of the pocket um, when he has been able to feel some pressure. Um, so I, I think it, it's a combination of those two things kind of working. The offensive line has been holding up long enough, and Hudson Card has been able to move with his legs outside of the pocket um, or escape some pressure if he needs to. So I think there is going to be opportunity for Purdue to move the ball. It's just on can they finish drives? Can they get into the red zone and not kick field goals and score touchdowns? When they get inside the five, can they be more creative than handoff or read option or anything else than what they've been doing outside of the one play action play to Deion Burks last week when they scored the touchdown inside the five. That was the one time where I was like, I think I even tweeted it out, good play call, good execution. Because that's what it was. Other than that, the play call has been run the ball, try to run on the left side, and you're getting no push. So you're not executing the play at all. You're getting stuck. There was multiple times where, I think it was Musa who tried to cut block or was maybe just not getting the push that he needed to. Um, and maybe Syracuse was sending more than what Purdue had. And it's just, it hasn't been working. And we've been over this number of times already. So I don't want to belabor the point um, or rehash the rant over and over again. But this is an opportunity for Purdue, I think, to move the ball. They haven't been uh, very stout so far defensively. Wisconsin has. They've allowed teams to move the ball. This is the second worst pass defense in the Big Ten, only ahead of Purdue. So, uh, But whether or not they're still on a hot streak as far as turnovers, forcing six last week after not forcing any in the first two weeks, so I don't necessarily think they're going to force six turnovers again uh, this week. I think, at least in the passing game, Hudson Card has been, um, I think, accurate on time. Hasn't really forced a whole lot of throws in tight windows. When he did last week uh, to Deion Burks, it was, there was three guys around. You could say it was triple coverage. Ball hit off his hands, and it was easily intercepted. But other than that, he really hasn't forced a ton of throws into tight windows that are interceptable. So I think he's been good in that aspect. And um, Ryan Walter said that was the most comfortable he's been in this offense so far. And you have to remember it's new system, new quarterback, new coordinator, all trying to get comfortable. And we're only three weeks in. And I get it. But it just feels like they're leaving a lot on the table. And they left obviously a lot on the table with the turnovers that they had in Syracuse territory time after time last week. So, but we'll see if they get that short yardage situation filled out uh, because Walter said in his uh, press conference that the approach will change. Uh, he said, quote, hope to have a better game plan going forward. I hope so. I hope so because they, they need to change something something on that offensive um, situational play calling. 
in, in those instances because it it just didn't didn't work out. Didn't work out last week. On the other side of the ball, when Wisconsin has it, they haven't been overly impressive e- either. Um, Ches Malusi, Braylon Allen have gotten a uh, split of the carries so far. I expect that to be the case on Friday night. And I think they're going to try to lean on that running game because the passing game has not really been there. I think these are two offenses with Purdue and, and Wisconsin that want to throw the ball a lot, have explosive plays to the pass game. And Purdue hasn't gotten there on that side, and neither has Wisconsin. They haven't had a ton of big plays. Their longest pass play is 45 yards. Um, and they've had a couple of 40-yard pass plays, but nothing huge. So, and from watching them against Georgia Southern in particular, I watched most of that. I just, you know, saw the highlights of Washington State, the extended highlights. So, but it felt like a lot of their stuff was in the short to intermediate routes. Um, now, whether that's similar to Purdue and in, in the passing attack is just not getting deep um, um, or Mordecai doesn't have time to throw um, or they're just trying to keep it short. But from what I've seen so far and what I saw particular time after time in that Georgia Southern game was a lot of short stuff um, and allowing wide receivers to catch the ball with some space and try to make a play make one or two guys miss and get that first down. And it was a lot of third and longs against Georgia Southern. Um, And they weren't very good on third down uh, against the Eagles. Uh, Wisconsin was three for 11 on third down. And like I said, a lot of, a lot of third and longs, third, third and seven, third and six. So if Purdue can, you know, stuff the rushing attack, keep Malusi and Allen in check, which I think they can because you're not going to have a, another threat as, a, as much as Garrett Trader was with Tanner Mordecai. He can, he can move. Um, he scored two rushing touchdowns last week. Um, one of them was a QB sneak, and the other he broke off, I think, about 15 to 20 yards. Uh, but it was, a, it was a wide open lane. Um, so I think if if they're able to keep Malusi and Allen in check and make Tanner Mordecai beat you with his arm, it's not like he's been blowing the top off of defenses so far. And I think the best defense that they face is Washington State's, and it's that's a good defense. It's not, you know, it's not a, a top twenty-five. It might be, it might be a top twenty-five, but it's not like a top ten where it's going to shut you down time after time, and it makes it super difficult on you for four quarters. It's not like an Iowa defense or anything like that. So I think Wisconsin, you're going to, as long as you can keep the running game in check and don't allow them to get behind you because they have a couple of guys that that can beat you. I think with C.J. Williams, the USC transfer, he's obviously probably the most talented um, receiver that they have, Um, but he only has four catches on the year so far. 
Uh, Shamir DK uh, is their leading receiver so far. He made a couple of nice catches against Georgia Southern. Um, then they have, obviously, the tight ends uh, that are able to uh, catch the ball, Paulding and Ashcraft. So I think if you can just try to keep everything in front of you, keep them in check, don't allow big plays to happen, like I think Purdue did in the passing game against Syracuse. I thought they did a better job of that than they did, say, against Fresno State and Virginia Tech. Um, there were some some of those plays that I think from that second half of Virginia Tech on, there hasn't really been that explosive um, plays that have gotten beat um, for that secondary. So I think that there is opportunity to keep down this offense to a certain extent. I don't I don't necessarily think you're going to shut them down for four quarters. They're going to get theirs, um, especially with the running game. I think. The, the running backs are too talented to hold down uh, for the entire four quarters. They're going to break off um, some 15 yards, some 20 yard gains. I mean, Malusi already has nearly a 90 yard game uh, uh, rush for a touchdown. I think he got that week one, um, but Allen also has like a 40 yard gain already this year as well. So if you can hold down the offense, keep them in check, I think you'd be uh, you'd be in this game and give yourself the opportunity uh, to win because Wisconsin, I don't think has separated itself that much from Purdue here so far, and they may be the best team in the Big Ten West. Them or Iowa at this point. I mean, Iowa, I think, is still unbeaten, 3-0, and but it's still an offense that looks anemic at times. It's got probably the best defense in the Big Ten, um, at least in the Big Ten West. It's right up there with the likes of Ohio State and Michigan and maybe Penn State. But this is going to be a game, and a lot of these Big Ten West games are going to be close. They're going to be dogfights. Um, I mean, if you just look at the point spread, I mean, the, the rule of thumb is you get three points uh, for home field advantage. So Vegas thinks that this is about a, a nine-point game right now. So I think if, if it was at Wisconsin, it would be about a nine- to ten-point spread. And that's kind of where I see this game going. I just haven't seen enough of this Purdue offense to make me think they're going to go against a Big Ten defense and put 30 on them. I, I don't think that's going to happen. We haven't seen that yet. I know they scored over 30 points against Fresno State, but you have to remember one of those touchdowns was a um, Tyrone Tracy kickoff return. So the offense has not scored more than – uh, 30 points in a game yet. And it just hasn't really wowed me and shown me that this is a game that we have clicked and are running the ball with efficiency. We're hitting it big explosive plays. I don't think that's going. this is going to be the week. And 
it may take all season for that you finding for this offense to click, unfortunately, because what we've seen so far from this Purdue offense has been fine. I think it's middle of the pack, middle of the country, as far as total yardage per game. Uh, the defense is, I think, still giving up way too many yards, obviously. They give up a ton of yards on the ground and then give up a ton of yards through the pass in, in week one. So they're pretty near the bottom in some of these statistical categories. But I still expect them to be somewhat competitive in this game. Uh, but, however, I don't expect them to win it. I think Wisconsin wins this game 33-20. to 20. I think they cover the point spread. I think they just come in shy of the over. Um, I think it's 53 and a half. So I have the under uh, by just a half a point. X factor for Purdue, I think it's got to be the linebackers. Um, I think whether it's Scorton off the edge, um, OC Brothers, it's it's got to be slowing down this rushing attack and making Tanner Mordecai beat you um, with his arm. I don't think he'll beat you with, your le- with his legs, but I think you're going to have to put a lot on his shoulder if you want to be close, close in this game. So I know Purdue doesn't want to start off with a loss in Big Ten play, but if you look at the history, if you just look at this matchup, I think Wisconsin's offense may be just a little bit a little bit more established um, with their offensive line, the running game. They're very balanced. I think they have 102 passes to 107 rushing attempts. And Malusi and Allen are a better tandem, better duo combined, I think, than Maccabee and Tracy. Um, I think Maccabee is on there as a similar level as those guys. I mean, there's a ton of really good backs in the Big Ten. And I think Maccabee, if he's used correctly, if he's given the chance to get out and get in some free space, he just feels like he's been been bottled up a lot. Um, he's breaking off a couple of, of double-digit runs, but nothing too extreme. So I, I think if if Purdue can somewhat establish that, it'll give them a better chance in the passing game. So, but we haven't seen that from Graham Harrell so far. We haven't seen that type of play calling to where he looks like he wants to establish the running game outside of one quarter at Virginia Tech. So that's how I see this game going down. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Behind the Rails. Make sure you tune in Friday night to the live recap show. If everything goes well, might do more. Might turn the preview show into a live thing that you can watch and comment along or you know, give your questions or disagreements or thoughts on what is going on in all things Purdue football. So make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you click that notification so you get that 
notification when we go live on Friday night. It'll be shortly after the game ends. And until then, this has been another edition of Behind the Rails of Purdue Football. I've been your host, Bryce Vance. I'll see you guys on Friday night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.